Dawson, and welcome back to another riveting episode of Gabagool Nate, new episodes every Wednesday. It is my great pleasure and great honor to welcome you here today. So it is a beautiful late April day. I am ready mentally, physically, spiritually for this week's adventure. I have Mac the Wolfhound quietly nestled at my feet, just being such a good boy. Of course, I think you would be too if you'd been injected directly into the temple with as many high-grade sedatives as he has. But uh, that's for another story. He is such a good boy. Aren't you, Mac? So for this week's episode, some of the stories that we'll be sharing were personal experiences of yours truly, or either they happen to close friends or family members. I would also like to take this opportunity to point out that some of these stories will be discussed in greater detail in a future episode titled boys in blue where we will explore the goods the bads the facts and the misconceptions about everyone's favorite armed criminally exempt tax collectors our dear police force and also in that upcoming episode we'll talk about the new gabagool nate charity drive that will start this summer where we will be hosting an event uh, much akin to the collection of soda can tabs to make wheelchairs where we will head out to various crime scenes and collect spent shell casings from any time police had shot and killed either homeless people or people of color and we will melt these casings down into the most ironic plaque of memoriam you have ever seen. All right, well, the first story I would like to share, of course, is the uh, first time that I was deposed for a court proceeding. Uh, The first time I was ever called to stand for something that I can talk about. And it was a very interesting experience. Now, the reason I was there was because an ex-girlfriend had a very, very loving, high-quality father who was trying to retroactively sue her for child support payments. Yes, the father who was mandated by the courts to pay the mother child support when the children were growing up was trying to sue the adult daughter for these payments. And then he wanted to sue me because I was the rich boyfriend who was working as a janitor at the time. Uh, made made a lot of sense. Anyway, the guy was five star. What a what a person of integrity, a person of great respect. Uh, uh, no, wait, that that's a mistake. The guy was a horrible piece of shit. Either way, I went to court, and at the time, I was living with my girlfriend as well as this other roommate. And while on the stand, uh, the father's lawyer was really framing these questions as though, as though he was trying to call me gay in court, which I I didn't understand like why I, I didn't really care if he did it was just very bizarre to me and he would insinuate things like asking you know how were the bills split how were things decided in the apartment and i said well everything was split evenly between the three of us everyone paid their portion it was the same relationship financially uh with my roommate as with my girlfriend so then he's like aha i caught you he's like so you're telling me you had the same relationship with your male roommate as you did your female girlfriend. Hmm, how interesting. And then he looks back at the non-existent jury. Uh, I, I look at the judge and I'm like, did he not ask, like, with regards to the financial situation of the apartment? The judge fully agreed and basically told the lawyer, if you keep asking this ridiculous line of questioning, you'll, you won't be allowed to do. You'll lose your privilege to do so. It was the most bizarre thing I'd ever seen. And the fact that the father had paid this idiot lawyer to do this, it, it was wonderful. In the end... He didn't get a dime, and I think he just hates his life even more than he did before the case. Now, some of the stories about these uh, boys in blue. Let's let's look at this one. Uh, So there was a dual burglary uh, in a business of a a very close family member of mine. And one thing I was kind of shocked about, I knew the police were basically going to do nothing, uh, but the fact that they admitted as much. Now, 
if I was the chief or sergeant or who's ever, you know, making decisions at the department, I would tell them, hey, at least make the illusion that you're going to do something. Like they pretty much flat out told me, yeah, we're not really going to do anything about this. And I was like, well, that's great. And, you know, ordinarily I could maybe understand, except for the fact that there was videotape showing the license plate of the getaway car. They stole a GPS device that went back to their home location. So I was a bit shocked when the police were just completely aghast at the idea that they might do something to catch the burglars. Of course, this is the same department that can't seem to catch gas thieves. You know, the people that have a license plate on the back of their car that's registered to the owner of the vehicle, and they can't seem to punch in six digits and find these people. So I I'm, I'm guess I shouldn't be too shocked with the outcome of these burglaries. Of course, another wonderful example of the amazing services provided from this particular branch of the SQ, uh, which is the, the Sauté Québec, uh, the provincial police force in Quebec. Well, a friend of mine had his life threatened, and he went to see the police and said, look, this person has been harassing me, and they've threatened my life. I shit you not, his answer was, well, what do you want us to do about it? I don't know. What would you want the fucking police to do about someone breaking the law? I'm starting to think that the actual police academy is much more like the film's police academy than anything that we were led to believe otherwise. Now, the last story I'm going to share about this amazing service that is provided to our region of Quebec uh, was the time I was pulled over in my mother's car. Now, you know, at face value, okay, what was going on? Well, I was just sitting in the parking lot uh, of Adepinar waiting for my friend to show up, Chris. Uh, the police pull up, uh, start grilling me as to what I'm doing there. I tell them I'm waiting for my buddy to show up and then take my license. And it's about 20 minutes they're reading my license. Now there's a total of maybe, I don't know, 10 words on the card. So I, I understand, you know, we have to provide jobs for special needs people. I don't know if they should have guns strapped to their waist and be driving around in police cars. I find that's a bit excessive. Either way, I guess equality for all. So the cop comes back to me after I read my motor, because I was wondering what was taking so long, told me to be a bit more respectful. I asked what the hell was going on. And then he proceeded to give me his thorough investigative report as to what I was doing there. The fact that I was going to rob this depenar. So I said, okay. So I just want to be sure. I'm robbing my mother's depenar with my mother's car. And I presume I'm going to hide the stolen goods at my mother's house. And then he's like, well, how am I supposed to know she's your mother? And I was like, well, you know, that computer that you punched my information into, uh, it usually brings up that kind of detail. So, uh, again, I maybe you should be working in a McDonald's clearing trays as opposed to having a gun and being allowed to shoot people. Anyway, this debate goes on a little bit further. And he asks, then, why am I waiting here? I said, I'm waiting to see my friend Chris. Well, where does he live? I said, down the street there in a pink house. And he said, well, what's his address? And I said, I don't need to give that. And I don't even know what it is. So he's your best friend and you don't know his address. And I'm like, he lives five minutes from me. Do you think I write him fucking love letters? I'm like, I don't need to know his address. If I want to go to his house, I walk down the road and I go to his door. I'm like, we're not pen pals. We are actual physical friends. Very hard concept for this man to understand. Ultimately, no ticket, no nothing. The guy just left and I just stared at him like, my God, it scares me that you have the power that you do. So another similar example is, of course, the... Uh, Fucking third degree, I got at the pharmacy picking up pills for my aunt. I went once, I picked up about 20 bottles of pills, didn't ask who I was, no information. I just said, I'm here to pick up so-and-so's pills. Here you go, bag full of drugs, let her rip. Okay, I go back the next week to do the same thing. They give me a renewal of a morphine prescription and it turns into a full-blown investigation. Who am I? What am I doing there? 
blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what the hell? I came here last week and you guys handed me like a 10 pound bag of drugs. Didn't even ask my name. And now you're grilling me over this. So the guy asked me, what's her address? And I said, I don't know, something, something, this street. I said, I don't know the actual civic number. Well, then I can't give it to you. I'm like, I, why would I be pen pals with my fucking aunt? I said, Jesus Christ. Like, so I start calling her. I said, then you can speak to her directly. He's like, no, no, I just need to know her phone number. I said, no, no, you can speak to her directly and find out why I drove 30 minutes for no fucking reason. And then lo and behold, everything was fine. He let me leave with it. It's like, it's like often I find in pharmacies, they have these restrictions on things like gravel or rub A535. Cause you know, they say, oh, it can be broken down into other drugs for, for recreational consumption. Okay, granted, yes, that, that's true. But you do know I can access like real narcotics much easier than doing the full pharmaceutical background check for something that makes your tum-tum feel better. Like I, I'm just very shocked at the, the amount of detail they need for gravel, whereas they're handing out freaking Oxycontin to anybody who wants it. Well, I hope you enjoyed this wonderful adventure that we took together this beautiful Wednesday afternoon or whatever day you're listening to this. But unfortunately, that is all the time that we have. So my name is Wes Dawson. This has been Gabagool Nate. Please listen, like, share, and subscribe. And I'd like to leave you with these three tenets that I live my life by. First, stay positive and try to do something good in the world. Secondly, question everything and always keep learning. And third, I'm dead inside and I'm just waiting for my body to catch up. Thanks again and I'll see you next Wednesday.